Greetings listeners, this is PK once again. I'm back to do a few more episodes while Dan was busy preaching. And on this episode, we have Christian Lawrence. He's a faithful church member, and he's on his way to Chicago as this podcast was uploaded. He's off to Chicago to do the Charles Simeon Trust Preaching Program, and Hinson is supporting him. In order to better pray and support him, I wanted to get him on the Disciple Hinson Podcast. Enjoy the pod. Hello, everybody. This is PK once again. We are on the Disciple Henson podcast, and we have a- another guest online. And it is Christian Lawrence. Welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. Hey, it's good to be here. Oh, uh, you get a cast pods with me. I feel so honored to be able to have you here uh, in the studio. And Christian, uh, tell us who you are. When did you become a Christian? Hmm. And all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might not know this, but I think you do. This is not actually my first time on a podcast, so uh, it's good to be here. But, oh, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Tell us, wait, 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 where were you on a podcast you, uh, before? I, me and my buddy started a podcast called Basically This. Basically This. Um, okay. And uh, I'm not going to say it's more spiritually encouraging than uh, Disciple Henson, okay. but maybe equally. equally oh, equally. Okay. All right. So go. Uh, so if you're listening, go check that out on Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say any more about that. All but right. uh, yeah, I'm, my name is Christian Lawrence. Obviously, I'm uh, Michael Lawrence's uh, second oldest son. Um, so I was uh, born in Cambridge, grew up uh, early life in DC, and then moved out here when I was 10. Um, I became a Christian early college, um, was not walking with the Lord up until then. Um, and the Lord just uh, rescued me uh, here in the gospel. I'd heard all my life, but seen it in a new way. Uh, so I praise God for that. Amen. Yeah. And uh, when did you join Henson? So I uh, became a member in uh, 2019, um, but I was going to uh, college at Oregon State at the time, uh, and then COVID hit, and uh, I came back up here for for the COVID year, um, and have spent the past year okay. um, at Henson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, before we talk about your time in uh, Oregon State, um, that sometimes on the Disciple Henson podcast, I like to do a segment called Lightning Round. All right. And all that is is I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And the first thing that comes into your mind, that's how you're going to answer. All right, you Let's ready? Do it. Let's do it. All right, you ready? We're going to... All right, here we go. First question. What is your favorite restaurant in Portland? Favorite restaurant right now is probably Lardo's. Lardo's, okay. And what do you like to order at Lardo's? It's a tie between the pork shoulder and the Nashville. Okay, so before Christian Lawrence goes off to Chicago, mm. uh, get him uh, some Lardo's. Mm-hmm. If you were on a deserted island outside of the Bible, what three books would you bring? That's a good question. Uh, I would probably bring... And why? Yeah. Um, honestly, can I do series count or is that... A series is one. We'll count that as one. Yeah, we'll All right. count that as one. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, I would bring uh, Harry Potter and probably uh, Narnia. And why would yeah. you bring those three? Uh, just to be kind of the classic Christian stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Harry Potter. That's Harry, out Harry there. Potter. That's, yeah, like... that's edgy. Um, honestly, like I, we just grew up listening to a lot of Harry Potter and that just that shaped a lot of my childhood. And then Lord of the Rings and Narnia, they just, okay. they're rich. So all the, three yeah. fiction books. I love yeah. it. Uh, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, I, I enjoy a lot of different things. Uh, I love music. I love playing music, listening to music. I play guitar uh, mostly. I, I love exercise. I love to run. I love to lift weights, uh, play a little bit of tennis, a little bit of disc golf. Okay. Very active um, guy. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, Tim Mills, uh, manager of Eastside Coffee, mm-hmm. he wants to know, who's the best boss you've ever worked under? Well, that's tough. Uh, my last 
day at Eastside is uh, next Saturday, so I'll answer the question after that. All right, all right, that's a good. Def- uh, we'll defer that one. Yeah. Um, what latte art is your favorite to make? Well, you take a lot of pictures of my latte art, so I feel like I should ask the, the same question in a moment Ooh, to you. Okay. But which is your wait, favorite latte this, art this to is, receive? Wait, this is uh, lightning yeah, round for you. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch the tables. Okay. I uh, I love making a bear. Honestly, how many the bears? little paws? I like the one bear the with one the little bear. paws. Yeah. Okay. I actually like the three bears. Okay. Family that one's bears. a good one. Yeah. yeah the family bears. bears. Uh, it's kind of like the um, the three little bears. Yes, you know? Yeah. So, exactly. It's like the um, all right. Last question. What's your secret talent? Secret talent. Sheesh. I'm a pretty like basic person, so I'm not sure I have a secret talent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. There you have it. You have survived lightning round. We made it. Yeah, hype it up. All right. So back to uh, OSU, Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. And you were there helping out with Navigators. Yep. Tell yep. us a little bit about what Navigators is. Yep. So Navigators is a, a college ministry. Uh, it's a lot like Campus Crusade mm-hmm. or Crew, uh, stuff like that. Um, that's actually how I became a Christian. Okay. I was hanging out with uh, people from the Navigators. Um, and their navigators really, their big thing is one-to-one discipleship. Yeah. So they really trained me in what it looks like to meet up with people, uh, disciple people uh, on a one-to-one level, and then also just kind of personal evangelism. Yeah. Uh, so I just did a lot of that, did a lot of kind of organizing uh, different discipleship curricula and stuff like that. So navigators was a good time for you spiritually. Amen. You yeah. learned a lot of good tools of discipling yep. and it probably has shaped you tremendously to, even to this day. Yeah. However, you know, you came back to Henson, COVID hit, well, COVID hit, and then you came back to Henson and uh, you just started investing deeply in the local church. Mm. So what shifted from, you know, you're spending a lot of time with a parachurch ministry, Mm -hmm. navigators, and we have nothing against parachurch ministries. But what, where, where did that shift start, and yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It was definitely a shift. Uh, when I was in college, I attended a church regularly, but I was really not involved beyond that. Um, I, most of spiritual life was in Navigators. So I came back up here, and honestly, I was pretty worried about, like, shoot, uh, am I going to be able to get involved? What is that going to look like? Um, and, and we can talk more about that later, obviously. But uh, um, I, I think I still just took some of those those Navigators-type skills of one-to-one discipleship, uh, personal evangelism, and just really pressed into the church. Uh, I wanted to push into uh, where I was, and there yeah. was no campus ministry to be a part of, um, and, and so I just pressed in where I was. Um, and i was especially thankful to guys like Christian Wahlberg uh, early on for, for um, hanging out with me and, and, and uh, continuing to show me what that looks like in the church setting yeah. as opposed to in college ministry setting. Yeah. Because um, it's definitely pretty different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and t- tell us more about like just the differences. Um, you know, obviously college ministry, you're surrounded by really young folks. Yep. And then here at yep. Henson, you have a diversity of generations. So yeah, tell us more about just kind of the differences. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, college ministry is, is really good because everyone um, is in the same stage of life. They're all working through the same issues. And honestly, like our schedules are all super compatible. That mm-hmm. was the big, honestly, that was one of the biggest differences. Uh, when you're college ministry, you're basically living just like a block away from people at, at most. Uh, your schedules are, are super similar. Uh, almost no one's working a job. You just kind of go into classes at odd times. You can grab lunch, you can grab dinner, you can grab coffee, no big deal. Uh, playing spike ball, playing ultimate mm-hmm. frisbee, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I never had to work around a kind of a working person's schedule. I never had to work around a, a family schedule. I never had to think really about distance and, and driving uh, and, and commuting. Um, I, I never had to think about like interests really. I mean, in yeah. college, everyone's interests are, are kind of the same yeah. in one sense. We, we, uh, would hang out with people who played spike ball, who played ultimate frisbee, who yep. played music. Uh, those are the people we hung out with because 
that was us. Yeah. Um, and it's been a, a real shift hanging out with people who, who are really different than me, uh, who don't have the same interests, who don't have the same uh, lifestyles or schedules. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as you're, you know, investing in um, the, the local church, you know, I, I can understand the temptation is really like you just want to hang out with your peers. You want to hang out with, you know, young adults because you're a young adult. So how, how did you kind of navigate like peer relationships, but also recognize like, hey, like, you know, some of these older folks who are married and kids and, you know, a different generation and stage of life of you, mm-hmm. that, that's my brother and sister in Christ. Yeah. So like, how did you navigate that? Some practical tips to, to, to move forward with Yeah. That? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think honestly, I, I was blessed um, by being a part of the family that I was a part of. Um, by, by growing up with that kind of uh, a dynamic that we had people in our home who were different than us. Uh, we had people into our home who are all sorts of ages and stages in life. Um, so I had a little bit of a picture of that, honestly, growing up. Um, and then uh, things like small group uh, really helped with that, um, getting to know people. Um, and then really just like church time, I think, was a big a big opportunity. If, it, if it's a Sunday morning um, and, and I'm walking into the building um, saying hi to people, um, honestly, and, and then just pressing into relationship from there. Um, that's how I got to know uh, guys like Bon Latin mm-hmm. and Tony Andrade and, and, and going fly fishing with them. Um, it, it's just kind of um, saying hi. And do you like fly fishing? You know, I, Have you I, done that before? That I had never really done that before. I've maybe done it once before hanging out with them. Uh, that wasn't maybe my first pick yeah. uh, for activity. Yeah. Um, but I have really enjoyed it and I've really enjoyed the fellowship. Um, so I think it's stuff like that where it's like, Hey, this maybe isn't, uh, my, my, my go-to, my, my first thing that I would choose to do if I had free time. Um, I don't hate it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, and I've grown to enjoy it and love it. Um, but I love the fellowship and I love yeah. getting to know people who are different than me. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what, what, it, what it requires, honestly, uh, is pressing into areas that are my, are my first choice. Um, that's, that's why I started doing disc golf in the, actually mm-hmm. in the first place, uh, was to hang out with people who, who were a little bit different than me. Yeah. Um, shout outs to Oliver Jim, who's uh, also doing uh, some yep. disc golfing, yep. but you know, what I love about that story is, um, or in that experience is that, um, your willingness to kind of be open to different things that, you know, fly fishing, that's not kind of a normal activity, at least in my mind of just like, yeah, let's just go fly fishing. Mm. But your willingness to go, Hey, I want to get to know Bon and Tony. Mm. So yeah, I'll be willing, you know, I'm, I'm open-handed. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And to be honest, like I, that's not even, most of that's not even my initiative. I yeah. mean, those guys are just are so good at, at bringing people in. Uh, bon is kind of the fly fishing evangelist, um, and, and he's just so good at, at inviting people and bringing people yeah. in. And it's it's then even just observing stuff like that that informs how I live. Um, so richly blessed by by those guys. That's great. And uh, since I have you here, Christian, um, you know we we were both uh, or I am still. Um, you know, supporting uh, the young adults uh, mm-hmm. group on Monday mm-hmm. nights, and mm-hmm. clearly you will be leaving yeah. uh, to Chicago, and yeah. we'll talk more about Simeon Trust and all that in yeah. a little bit here. Yeah. But you know, in your time uh, here at Hinson as a young adult, yeah, do you have any encouragements for mm-hmm. just kind of young adults, and you know, how do we maximize this unique season of our life? Yeah, um, you know, in in college or post grad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it is really a unique season uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, we just have we have no dependence, really, uh, in this young adult stage of life, uh, stage of life. Uh, no dependence, um, a, a, a good amount of money that that is not being spent on um, 
maybe maybe stuff we need to spend it on a good amount of disposable income a good amount of time our schedules are open are flexible i think all those things have really helped me take advantage uh, of getting to know members um here who who have more constraints uh who have uh time constraints who have um, money constraints or dependents they need to take care of uh, and so I think really press into that, uh, recognize honestly that uh, because we uh, have the flexibility as young adults, uh, we need to take the initiative and press into relationship. Uh, we, we, we can't be remain consumers and sit around kind of waiting for people to reach out to us. Um, I think that's something that, that I, I really learned watching some of the older guys uh, like Christian Wahlberg yeah. and, and the way they press into relationship. Yeah. Um, so I think really I, I would encourage it's so easy to sit in the bubble. It's so easy to to talk to people that are just like you, um, that that do all the things that you do and like all the things you like. And, and conversation conversation is super easy. Um, but I think learning to talk about things that I, I wouldn't normally that that's my kind of my first go to conversation. Uh, learning to do things that that aren't uh, uh, my my go to uh, activity in, in free time, uh, and and being willing to be sacrificial with those things yeah. that I have. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Um, so I'm gonna hit uh, the clutch. We're going to shift some gears okay, and then we're going to press the gas here. So, you know, my name is PK, but you are truly a PK. You're a pastor's kid. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I love that. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to pick your brain in from your own experience and perspective, like, mm. you know, what, what's like helpful in terms of how a church should interact with, uh, just a, an elder's kid, mm. you know, a mm -hmm. pastor's kid, mm -hmm. you know, there's already, um, you know, assumed pressure. So like, can you just walk us through just, yeah, like positively, like mm. what would be helpful mm -hmm. for a church to really encourage and, and relate to a pastor's kid? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I so I want to first encourage the church, uh, really with a way, um, that I think often pastor's kids can be pressured to be, uh, better than other kids where are those pressures um, coming from yeah talk uh, to me. i think i think both uh um, is it internal or is it like people uh, are doing that to I, you? I think that the church sometimes can place pressures on the kid that okay. they will be more holy than other kids mm. um and, and so when a pastor's kid uh sins or when a pastor's kid doesn't know the answer sometimes there, there can be pressure i want to encourage the church hey that honestly that was not my experience um i really appreciate the way that the church uh, give lots of grace. The way that the church uh, continued to to love me uh, and 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 pursue me well. Um, so I, in that sense, in terms of the pressure to uh, perform to a higher standard, I think um, I did not experience that personally. Okay. Um, but I think that is something to watch out for. I think that the way I would really encourage the church to grow in, uh, and and the thing I would press the church towards, uh, caring well for pastors' kids, others' kids. Honestly, any church family that's kind of a, a pillar of the church, any church family that seems, hey, wow, they, they're really well connected. Um, that may be true for the They've parents. been around for like yep. 30 years. Yep, yep. exactly. Yep. I, I bet those parents are super well connected. I really doubt those kids are well connected. Okay. Uh, so that's really where I want to press the church, honestly, um, is that um, the, the kids of pastors' families, elders' families, uh, longstanding church members... Um, that those kids really need to be reached out to. Okay. I think that's not intuitive. Yeah. I think that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, we think, well, well, the parents are super connected. They have a lot of friends in the church. Yeah. Those kids must be uh, being loved well. They must be really connected. And I, I'm sure that's true for many kids. Yeah. Uh, and they are being loved well. But I think um, it can be uh, easy to see the newcomer as the person that needs to be reached out to. And that's true. And Hinson really excels in that, uh, in, in opening up hospitality to the newcomer. Uh, but I think pressing us towards... Uh, showing hospitality to those people that we assume are connected. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, assumption by by the whole actually leaves those kids often uh, pretty disconnected. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you want to talk about my personal experience coming here. Feel free if you want yeah. to bring personal experience or yeah, just any myths about being a pastor's kids that you want to debunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep, definitely. Pastors' kids are not more holy than the average kid. Uh, they're not necessarily more connected than the average kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think as as I came back uh, up to Portland uh, during COVID times, uh, albeit it's COVID times, so um, there there were a whole bunch of reasons for a disconnect. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely felt like there's a bit of an assumption that that I knew a lot of people, that I was really well connected, that I was being discipled, um, that that I was being held accountable, that I was um, uh, being being involved in people's lives. Yeah. Um, because I knew a lot of people surface level. I knew a lot of people. Um, I, I'd been introduced to a lot of people. A lot of people had been in my house, um, but I didn't have those relationships that were uh, deep. I didn't really have those relationships uh, that that were consistent. Um, and and I, I fear that's it. That is the experience of a, a lot of uh, pastors' kids. Yeah. And kids. So yeah. Uh, it, would it be fair to say, like, hey, like we should just treat all the pastors' kids and regular kids like equally, like just treat you as if you're just a normal person. Yeah. Well, I think really yeah. treat them as if they're a newcomer. Yeah. Because in many ways they probably are. Okay. Uh, in many ways they probably uh, have become a Christian recently, uh, most likely. Um, they they uh, e- even if they have been a Christian for a long time, praise God. Um, they, they may be just beginning to grow in, in maturity as a Christian. And, and so in some ways, they are like that newcomer. Um, I, I've been in the church for 10 years, technically. Um, I was pretty much unaware of most of the stuff in the church. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, as, as a kid, you're not really paying attention to that kind of stuff. You're not pressing into relationship. Um, and, and so I think you need to treat them as a newcomer, uh, as someone who doesn't know a lot about the church. Uh, as someone who who's not very connected in the church and love them the same, show them hospitality the same, disciple them the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so for the, the last segment of this episode, I really want to talk about Simeon Trust mm. because um, you will be going off actually pretty soon in September. Yeah. And uh, just tell us a little bit about Simeon Trust and what you're going to be doing there. Yeah. Uh, so Simeon Trust Trust is a, a great parachurch organization. Um, their goal is to help um, uh, people better understand what expositional preaching is. Um, that that is preaching uh, that takes the the main uh, focus of the Bible and, and tries to uh, shape our our message, uh, shape our um, testament uh, uh, to that. Uh, so whether that's um, in, in preaching or, or in teaching, uh, we don't want to take um, our message and use the Bible to prop that up. Uh, we want to take the Bible's message and, and proclaim that faithfully. So that's their goal. Um, and, and I will be going uh, in September uh, to the Chicago course, um, which is which is a one to two year program that basically um, just really dives deeply into that. Simeon Trust has a whole bunch of uh, different ways in which they help uh, church members and pastors grow in their understanding of preaching and teaching. Um, they, they have workshops that, that they host at different churches. We've hosted a number yep, here at Hanson. Right. We're um, going to have one in October. Yep. 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 Here in Portland. Uh, they, they, they have uh, three-week intensives, which uh, Matt uh, Cunningham and, and, yeah, and Daniel Dan Schreiner yep. uh, went to uh, this summer. Um, and then they have this this uh, Chicago course. Yeah. Um, and so for the listener, um, if you want to uh, refer back to episode 92, 
Matt Cunningham uh, interviewed Jeremy Meek. So if you want to hear more about Simeon Trust from a leadership level, mm. uh, that would be a great episode. Dan Schreiner also has another episode in episode 89 mm. uh, regarding just his sermon on Simeon Trust. Mm. And that's kind of a, a recipient of the benefit of a Simeon Trust course. Mm. And then now here with you, Christian, um, as you're going to be launched uh, to this two-year program, we just wanted the perspective from someone who's going to benefit from this course. So in light of that, you know, why Simeon Trust and not seminary? Like yeah. what, like what, yeah, tell us more about just like your direction of life and aspirations and yeah, where does Simeon Trust fit with that? Great question. Uh, so I think there are two main reasons. Um, uh, I desire to be a pastor uh, one day. That That's kind of my, my goal. That That is something that I, I want to do. Um, that being said, that's that's very much an internal desire. That's yep. very much something I want to do, and I want to submit that in, in humility to the Lord and to the people around me who know me well. Um, and so, Simeon Trust is is a, a way to get some external uh, affirmation or or um, not on, on that uh, desire. Uh, so, I will be spending a good amount of time preaching. Uh, in that context, and we'll be getting a lot of feedback on that, and then a lot of feedback on my my own life and my own character as I do that, as I yeah. pursue that, as I pursue preaching and critiquing others' preaching. Uh, and so I think that'll just be a really good opportunity to get some external uh, uh, feedback or affirmation uh, on whether or not, hey, hey, you're actually really good at this, there's some gifts there, uh, continue to pursue this, or uh, whether because of lack of gifting or, or character issues, hey, this is probably not best for you. Uh, and then so I can I can submit, I can I can humble myself well. So that's reason number one to get that external affirmation. Uh, and I think reason number two um, is honestly, seminary does not uh, prepare you well to preach. Uh, and that's just the truth of it. That's honest Simeon's uh, Simeon trusts uh, the hole that they're filling. Um, seminary has some some great theological education, uh, great language education uh, on Greek and Hebrew. Um, but you preach, you know, two, maybe three sermons and your whole time in seminary. Um and so I recognize, man, it, it, part of the church, uh, the fuel of the church is the word. Uh, and I want to be able to proclaim that word well if I'm a pastor. Um, and, and so Simeon Trust is a, is a great opportunity um, to, to learn how to do that. Um, yeah. So to, just to be extra clear, um, are you saying that you're you're not going to do seminary or are you going to do it eventually or it's just different purposes? And Yeah. So it's different purposes. So I would want to do seminary eventually uh, if I if I am going to become a pastor in the same way that uh, something like the residency is filling a hole that seminary doesn't. Uh, it doesn't mean you don't do the seminary, uh, but the residency is really helpful. Um, so to, uh, I think, with uh, Simeon Trust. Cool. And, um, you know, how can the church, so we're going to be uh, launching you and actually on page 34, uh, we have our supported organization in the, uh, sorry, the membership directory on page 34. Uh, we have a supported organizations list and Simeon Trust is there. Mm. And to the page right of that, we're actually going to be supporting you yeah. uh, as you go off. So, yeah. you know, how can we be praying for you as you go off to Chicago for two years? Mm. Um, yeah. What well, what are ways we could be supporting you as you go off? Yeah, I, I think I have two main prayer requests right now. Uh, the first would be uh, for humility. Uh, I think this is a, a season and and time in which I think the devil may especially uh, try and, and feed my pride and, and try and feed my self worship. Um, and I want to really be aware of that and fight against that. Um, I think going from a really healthy church context to a different church context. And maybe um, there, there is an opportunity for pride there, an opportunity to, to try and uh, fix things, whether or not they need to be fixed, uh, to conform them to, to what I've experienced. 
Um, also, in, in the course itself, uh, we, we regularly uh, need to provide feedback, uh, critical feedback uh, to other guys who have uh, preached. And that's just a huge opportunity uh, to tear other people down in order to build myself up. Um, and so I just really want to uh, walk humbly in that, yeah. um, provide good feedback, but, but also uh, humble myself well um, there. Uh, so I think that's prayer request number one. Mm-hmm. And I think prayer request number two is that it would just be a spiritually rich time. Uh, I was talking with a brother today about how Simeon Trust has really helped him to, to read the Bible better, uh, to enjoy the Bible, yeah, that's great. Um, and, and to, to see uh, the message of God's Word more clearly. Uh, so I pray that as th- this would especially be a time uh, where I am uh, steeping in God's Word, uh, but not to produce a product, um, not to uh, do ministry, quote-unquote, um, but but to actually uh, build up my my own spiritual life and my own walk with God to, to grow in relationship with God. And that, that itself would, would pour out in yeah. the work. Well, well, there you have it. I think that's uh, two prayer requests that are really... Um, we want to be continually praying for that as you go for the next two years. Obviously, you will be back for like winters and summers. Yep. Um, any other last comments or encouragements you have to Hinson before you leave? Hmm. Yeah, I think just continue doing what you're doing. Uh, I think uh, especially press into um, the the word centeredness that, that we have here. Uh, I think it, it is often um, easy uh, to stray away from those intentional conversations uh, but I think we should really press into to using the, the sermons as a means uh, to uh, encourage one another, uh, to dig into one another's lives, um, to ask those difficult questions, um, to, to ask those regular questions. Um, I think really blessed by my time in, in Daniel Schreiner's small group and the way that we just um, used the sermons and tried to apply them to our lives. And then I was able to, to do that outside uh, of the small group and in regular one-to-one uh, lunches and coffee. So I, I, would, I would encourage the church to really press into that. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, we had the great privilege of having uh, Christian Lawrence here. We're casting casting pods. And um, I think uh, in the studio we were hearing some of these. But uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.